Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Centurion Leadership Battalion podcast, your source of accountability, inspiration, and motivation to become your best and reach your fullest potential every day. Our motto, it's simple, to use our determination to crush our everyday leadership tasks so that we dominate in our delivery of services and products to our clients and achieve victory and personal growth, profitability, and creating environments for those around us to prosper. Let's get this show started. Welcome back to the Centurion Leadership Battalion. We are so excited to have you listening in another episode with us. We are doing a Q&A episode today, and I think this question will be very helpful for a lot of aspiring leaders. Why is achieving financial independence important as a leader? So Justin, I am going to shoot that question over to you and let's have a great discussion. Thanks, Elena, and thanks, everyone. Make sure you reach out to us on Instagram and Facebook at Centurion Leadership Battalion or uh, on Facebook. I think it's at Centurion Battalion. But Elena and I are working on getting that fixed. Um, I noticed as she asked me to help with something. So um, there is a little confusion there that we need to fix. And then um, I apologize about that. But you can follow me at just bizarro, B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O. And Elena.Hamade, H-A-M-A-D-E, um, on Instagram and Facebook as well. Um, but I don't know. So what's the question again today, Elena? Why is achieving financial independence important as a leader? Yeah. Um, let's de- define financial independence first. So financial independence is where I'm not talking about financial independence from your parents or whatever, where you're not relying on them for money. I'm talking about where you're not relying on anyone for any money, where you're debt-free, pretty much you pay your tax, where you can pay for your house in cash, or you can pay for your car in cash. And if you don't, you know, you have the cash to wipe out whatever it is that debt is overnight. You have the ability to pay for your kids to go to school with cash. You have the flexibility where financial decisions are yours. If you're an entrepreneur, you have the financial independence and money in the bank that if your company needs money or a loan, that you can give it to it without having to go to a bank or you can be the line of credit. And if you need to grow a business or want to start a business, you don't need investors. You have your own money to do it. Okay. And so, um, you know, I kind of lived, I always talk, I've lived two lives as an adult. I, I was married before and then I went through a divorce. And then, you know, all these years later, I have another life. But in my financial success or lack thereof here and there, my the ability now to have financial independence relied a lot on my relationship with Deborah. It relied a lot on similarities in the world. Uh, and we talked about in the last episode, which is about family legacy. And so financial independence as humans, we don't realize how important it is because we talk about how, oh, you see my new car or my new house. But the reality is, is is isn't ours. We don't own it so long as someone else has paper on it, meaning there's a loan against it, meaning the bank owns it. Someone else actually owns it, not us, most likely a corporation. 
and they own it all the way until we've paid it all the way off. So really, you're just borrowing the car or borrowing the house. Yes, we want to say we own it, but we need to be logical. This is something we do as humans. We play little tricks in our mind and get comfortable and get lazy when we technically, if I own the house, I would own it outright. So why is it important to achieve financial independence? Well, I just talked about the flexibility it gives you. But one, if you can do it and you know how, you can teach your kids how to do it. You can teach your family members how to do it. You can teach uh, new generations or mentor or coach kids, employees, team members how to do it also because they see that you're doing it. It's important that if the government has issues or economies have issues or there's war or whatever, that you have flexibility there. Um, that you are able to jump towards an opportunity to create new businesses or create a business should it emerge. Because it's always about, oh, I don't have the money to do that, or I need to get investors, or I don't have enough runway. I thought I would take me six months. It took me 18 months. There's a different level of human and a different level of experience. And if I could go back and redo everything, I would have done a better job at also making all the companies financially independent. It took me going through what I went through to realize the importance of it as a person for a family legacy, finding someone, you know, and here's the deal. Like, and this is advice I'm going to give everyone. If you're going to be in a relationship, with someone, you better make sure one of you is better at making money and one of you is better at managing money. It doesn't matter if you're both good at managing money or you're both good at making money. One of you better be better than the other one. Because if both of you are good at making money and neither one of you are decent at managing it, you're just going to keep making it and spending it. And if both of you are good at managing it but not making it, you're going to live a pretty boring, isolated, non-romantic life. Because if you don't have adventure, relationships can get pretty boring and unromantic after a while. You have to work at it. So financial independence plays a big role. Vacations with kids, crisis happens. Deborah and I are stuck in Mexico. Very expensive. The first part, you know, was was covered by the insurance and thing but then when the u.s government changed their policies and we got stuck there and changing to lesser resorts and lesser money would have been disastrous and new doctors and food and whatever else we had to have the means to figure it out and not worry about whether or not we're gonna have to borrow it against the house or a car or whatever too many people get bonuses or government money or tax refunds and they see it as extra money to spend instead of extra money to save to compound in the bank or in an investment or in a mutual fund or whatever believe me i've been there i've been in a relationship for a long time that saw life as cash in cash out as long as you're making it you can spend it you'll be okay So why is it so important? I just, 
we don't realize how much credit we owe, particularly in America. I can't speak for every country. I don't understand the credit systems fully everywhere. I've got to assume some of it's similar in the Western Democrat, democratic free market world, somewhat similar. But the reality is, is we leverage debt to consume more when we already over consume as it is. You're not building a family legacy and you're not building financial independence. You're just worsening it for the generation after you or your kids or whatever, are you helping them out? I love the one where the parents are, oh, I'm gonna spend all the money before the kids get it. Okay, not my friend. Are you kidding me right now? You spent all these years raising this children, making all this money and you're like, oh, I'm gonna spend it till I die. I can't take it with me. Yes, you can. It goes with you in the form of your children or in a generation or in a donation or wherever, and just blowing it recklessly or not being wise about it to have enough to live and leave enough behind so you make an impact is reckless. And I'm sorry to be so direct to everyone. I'm not saying not to have fun and not go buy wave runners or cars or whatever, but it's better to pay cash. And of course, credit systems and interest help make the world go round and make our money worth. And if it ever stopped, it would be a huge problem with the way we move money. Agreed. I'm just saying that if you're going to be on one side of this equation, and I'm not saying you can't use debt to buy your first house because you need to get somewhere, but I am saying the goal somewhere between 30 and 40 is financial independence. And from the minute your kids are born and teaching jobs and saving money, we're putting money into retirement accounts, whatever they can do starting from a very early age from a financial situation in terms of also compounding family legacy because we talked about chores and everything else for our kids at a young, something my parents did for me from a very early age, whether they were good at managing money or not, they taught me really well. My parents were very, very good at making money. They were less good at managing it as much because they wanted to have fun and they, they wanted life to live and they wanted us to have fun as kids and they wanted to go out and do things with their friends and they lived the stereotypical American life. But as I went through things and I had struggles, I realized that that's not a way to live for anyone. And we bring on so much stress, so much whatever based on trying to take on debt, trying to put stuff on credit card to keep up with people, to look a certain way. When the reality is, is you can look great in your 30s, 40s, 50s, let's say by spending money, but how stressed you are as a human, how you take care of yourself, how much you exercise, eat, work, whatever. When you get to that 50, 40, 50 year mark that we're in, that I'm in now, and you've been doing it as part of your life, like the retirement thing, the, all that you realize that the biggest thing you're going to give back is not an accomplishment. It's the effect that you have on the people. And if the effect on the people is financial independence, so they can help build their family legacies, or they can go grow humans like their family, or they can teach other humans how to be more financially responsible so we can be respons financially responsible as a country or as a world ultimately to go deal with whatever we have to deal with, it gets a lot easier. 
And if we're not worried so much about needing to borrow money and needing to do this, and we're better managing it as humans for financial independence, then we worry less about stuff like how do we get more and we can turn to stuff like how do we survive? How do we build an economy based around human survival versus human consumption? And when we make that tweak as a world, whenever that happens, then we have something because you can build an economy around human survival and food and healthier clothing and, and sustainability that regenerates the environment for our clue, clothes, our food, our fuel, or whatever. But we've got to change the way it is. We're too worried about consumption and what we have versus what we're doing with it. You know, or can we have it and do this? Can we wait long enough to have that where it's actually good for the environment or it's regenerating the environment? And can we live without fish long enough to stop the illegal fishing that's going on and wait for the fishing populations to get enough fish to do it? I don't know. As a humans, we want instant gratification and we want to have it now. So we spend the money now. Or we leverage the money we don't have now. So as a leader, it's important to demonstrate financial independence and stability, but it's also important to talk about it, to tell people about it, to make sure that, you know, you're at least, you know, it's people's money to do whatever they want with once it's paid, once it goes to the world. But really how we deal with it, how we save it, how we spend it determines our family legacy for generation, potentially. The value of education we're able to deliver to our kids, the stress whether they need a scholarship, whether or not they can go to school and they have to work to pay their school or they're working to grow, okay? That doesn't mean there doesn't have to be hardship in their job or they shouldn't go work as an electrician or a plumber or something before they work at a desk job. But you can figure out different ways to make it so there's safety in growth. Or maybe it's all paid for your tuition, but you have to go work for the money for your spending money. I don't know. It's every parent and every kid's different. But I think teaching your kids to strive for things is important. Getting a wedding ring, asking someone to marry you. It's interesting to me, people leverage it. People take out debt two years, five years, 10 years to buy the ring of their dreams. And you're going into a marriage and committing to someone for life and bringing the debt of this beautiful ring on their finger. And they're willing to marry you and say yes and leverage you in debt just to put this thing on the finger. I'm not saying anything wrong against people who do it. But it just seems interesting to me that that's the first step into your marriage is indebting yourselves as a couple to a ring on a finger that's supposed to represent your future and your family legacy. It's illogical because we're more worried about what someone cares about or thinks about the ring or what people are going to say or what's going to be on Instagram than actually what we're leaving behind as a result of that decision. So, you know, two things for families and leaders and people that want to grow, at least in the Western world, or, or I believe the whole world should apply 
should be this should be applicable but you know values are different around the world um but as a whole world i think everyone would agree no matter what that family legacy is important the compounding of it as we've discussed um we've also discussed that human growth over the next generation is important like there's procreation and then there's growing the next generation in order to survive and then we know we're talking about financial independence as a family and so the same regardless of where we are in the world regardless of culture religion myths western or eastern violent nonviolent we're starting to touch upon things that matter that we can find common threads in that we can find similarities across the world and maybe start building a better world that's based on things like regenerating the world while saving humans and all the animals and the plants on it and by saving it i mean stop the destruction of it and actually regenerating so we can be around for a long time or we have real solutions to feeding the populations so what are your thoughts elena that one was kind of quick i think what you shared about the wedding rings and all that was something really interesting because i don't think i don't think a lot of people have that mind like you said it's all about you know, showing off and showing what you can, can afford or things you can get on credit, I guess, but everything kind of is for show, especially, you know, people with the cars they drive in, I don't like using the term to be a show off, but that is kind of what, especially in my generation, we're kind of known for is you always want the biggest and the best and the most expensive without having, you know, really the means to, to buy that. And I really like the quote, you have to live beneath your means in order for your means to grow. And I don't think a lot of people really wrap their minds around that. Um, especially just you bringing up, you know, the engagement rings and how people will go out and spend X, Y, Z amount of money on an engagement ring when they really can't even afford that. And then these two individuals get married and the one individual is coming into this relationship, this marriage with knowing this ring they have on their finger, you know, their partner probably couldn't afford and is in debt for. And I don't think people really think about that. And when you get married, obviously every relationship is different, but a lot of times your finances, you know, combine in, in some way, even if you don't have one joint account that you always operate out of. Um, your finances, your debt, your whatnot combine to some degree. And I don't think a lot of people consider that. So I think it's important to just to establish financial independence or boundaries yourself before, you know, roping someone else into your debt or into your situation, whatever it may be. And also realizing that if you are someone who is financially independent, but you, your partner is not, that's not someone, you know, that's not someone you can necessarily force your beliefs onto, force your values onto, that's kind of something that needs to be a discussion from the beginning of the relationship before, you know, you're walking down the aisle and you're like, wait, we don't see eye to eye on finances at all. So I think it was really interesting and eye-opening and it reminded me a lot of just my generation and things people could definitely find value in. I appreciate that, Lane. And I think um, one of the things that I agree with you and my generation was the same. It's like, get married, indebted to a ring, indebted to school because of student loans was such a big thing, and then go buy a house and get indebted to a house. And it's very showy. And then go, 
leverage the money you paid off a house after a few years as you have kids to go buy a country club membership. And so now you've just taken money out of your house to go pay $100,000 to get into a country club, which costs whatever amount of money. And it's this very perpetual thing. Oh, then we need a boat. And then, okay, let's leverage that. And it's just, okay. And eventually we own some things, but we don't own things in their entirety and have the patience to just wait that long because it's way more leverageable when you own things outright or people see that you pay your bills all the time. And mind you, like it's very hard to build credit if you don't actually use debt or credit cards, which is a funny thing, like because you will lose your credit score if you don't do that in the United States, it makes no sense. So I can pay cash for everything. I can be completely financially responsible, but my credit will look like shit if I never use it. So, I mean, we just have to be aware where the system is against you being independent of the government, independent of the institutions and all that. And that's no one's fault. They're there to try to help people and help people leverage things and leverage good behavior with credit and debt. And, and if you have a consistency of paying debt and credit, then you should deserve more and all of that. But the pattern shouldn't be you're, you're good at taking out debt and paying it off. Let me give you more and you get a higher credit score, meaning you're likely to take higher amounts of credit and more likely to pay them off in routine, which is good habit to have. But wouldn't it be just as equal to take the same amount of money and be saving it every month and compounding it with the interest in the bank instead of losing more with the interest to pay the bank and then having the cash to go back, but always having some to keep building? And it's just an interesting twist, but we with with credit becoming such a big thing and housing loans and mortgages still becoming so easily easy, even after the housing disaster, like the banks and the housing markets and everyone, they ended up on the upside. I don't really know who ended up on the downside in the long run, other than the short term financial holders or Bear Stearns, I guess. But um, not saying any uh, people didn't lose their lives or financial, whatever, but I'm just not sure the people that caused the problem were the ones who paid for the problem, um, for the damage. So that's my point, but still it happened because of debt. And still, if we look at what's going on right now during COVID and the stress in our economies and businesses closing and all that, it's because they were over leveraged or they had debt, or they weren't packing away money for hard times. You know, entrepreneurs can pivot and stuff like that, or leaders can pivot, but you still need capital to sit back on. And you don't want to go borrowing it from a bank during a crisis because they're not going to give it to you. No matter how good you are at it or whatever. So um, your family is the same way. And I'm not saying stick money in a shoebox or in a safety deposit box, although I'm not against always having a bunch of cash and a safe in your home so you have it for an emergency. And by a lot, I mean like 10 grand minimum over time. But you want to be able to have that without feeling bad or tempted to spend it, that it's there because you need it for an emergency or you may need cash or a credit card or a disaster. Or you may need to run from something you know so it seems illogical 
And it seems unlikely and improbable until you're the 100% person it happened to. And your probability is now 100%, not whatever small percentage everyone told you. So people rip off money. People try to con you. Once you also have financial independence, people try to take it. You know, people are always like, oh, he made it. He must be lucky. And I deserve it too because he got it so easily. I deserve it they don't realize you earned it or got financial independence on your own. So there are hardships that come along with it on the other side. Saying no becomes a really big part of your life. Teaching, but being able to teach people financial independence when you say no or suggest ways to do it, the very few that listen and actually start gaining it over time or listen to when they're like, oh, I need help with a wedding ring. And I tell them, do you want to be in debt when you get married? Is that how you want to start off? Like, really? And you're going to go to your wife and say, hey, honey, I love you so much. Here's eight grand worth of debt. Huh? That's what you do for someone you love? Interesting. So I get it. It represents them for the rest of their life, but it also represents the rest of your life. So how we do one thing is how we do everything as we talk a lot about. And so how you start off the relationship is how it's going to end. Whether it's death or before that, those little nuances that we don't work out or things we don't think about or we aren't intentional and we sort of just follow the status quo that's what would eats away at things because relationships are about more than that. And therefore doing what everyone else does and strapping yourself and your family, your kids, your wife, your husband to financial burden unnecessarily right from the beginning just seems silly to me. And believe me, I've lived it or I wouldn't be saying it. And it's not with Deborah, obviously. Deborah's really good at making money. I'm really, really good at making money and I'm really good at managing it, but she's really, really good at managing it. And if someone would have told me that fucking 20 years ago, I would have been okay, but no one taught me that. I had to realize it all my own and it took a lot of hardship and, you know, I have more now than I've ever had before and definitely have financial independence you know, um, more than I've ever had before. Um, and so why is it important? I don't worry as much if the business does well. Um, financially, I worry about whether I'm doing the right for the humans and the business over the long run. I'm not so into the financial moment. I care. I don't want us to lose. And you know, I don't want people to owe money to, but if I focus on the long run and the growth of the long run, it naturally fixes everything. If the people become better, they become better leaders, the team members grow, we get more supervisors, we have more upward mobility inside the company, it just happens. But I also have to show them that financial independence is possible and that upward mobility comes with the ability to manage your money and gain financial independence but you got to be willing to work for it and be willing to make more of it so again i can't tell you how important it is other than that there's also 
a knowledge as a human um, that you did it and not to be sexist, but as a man um, or woman, but I can only speak as a man because I'm not a woman. I would say that knowing that you have the value to take care of your family, no matter what, you have the value to create financial independence, even if you have to start all over again, like I did once I went through a divorce, um, is that you? there's a difference about you. And you know that in a world of weak humans or weak men, if you're a man, that make decisions based on comfortability, based on urges and, and instant gratification and, and whatever else wrong we do, that one of the ways to succeed and one of the ways to stand out and be attractive in the world, and we should want this for our children, is to have financial independence and be a strong man and stick up for what you believe in and be able to say no to buying drinks for everyone and to say, okay, I'm going out, but do I really need to buy eight drinks at the bar? You know, what is it that I'm doing with my life? Okay, I could have one and maybe I have one or two at home, but, you know, that's a better financial balance. But to go blow all of our money all the time on Thursday, Friday nights out on the town as a male and you're wanting to get married and you're wanting a woman to choose you, I'm a little bit like what value are you gaining in your life by doing that? And she's tons of teenagers and kids go out and party this way and add no value to their life other than being in a classroom if they gain any value out of it. And it's so funny, everyone's like, oh, I didn't really gain much for college. It is true, but it's not, you think back on it, we could say the college didn't teach it or the, uh, the teachers, but if you're a true student and being educated, you're getting exposure experience, internships, doing whatever you can during that school year to make that four years, starting a side hustle to make it as much of an experience as possible to try to gain as much financial independence as possible to try to gain as much edge over your peers out of all the college students around the world that are also your year by the time you graduate competing for jobs. And you wanna be able to take, pick up the football and start running the minute you get out of school and not have financial burden and not have um, the same hardships as someone because you did it while you were in school. And so that's an example and if you can start learning how to add value to yourself or being more valuable or earning money while you're in school, you have a huge leg up to most humans because most humans don't figure out how to add value or actually make money for themselves or be of any value truly to the world, even in jobs that they get paid for until they're well into their fifties. And by then it's too late. I think um, everyone gets the point there for sure. And I appreciate you letting me just run on and on and on um elena so i think you answered a lot of valuable questions and i think it was really helpful so i hope everyone enjoyed this episode if you have any other questions relating to financial independence or any information about what we talked about please send us a instagram or a facebook message we would love to hear from you and answer any of your questions on upcoming episodes Awesome. Thank you guys. Thank you, Elena. Thank you everyone for listening in again, follow us online and please keep sharing word of mouth. Seems to be working and sharing it online um, and sharing the email blasts that are going out or 
I know they're up on my LinkedIn now as well. And they're starting to be reposted on Facebook properly. So um, we'll see what happens there. So thank you again for all the support and um, awesome. Thanks, Elena. Thank you guys. Thanks, Justin.